Hello, I'm your host Peter Kim, and welcome to All Strings Attached, Geopolitics and Its Effects on the World. In this podcast, we will be, we will be discussing many crucial and obscure moments in geopolitical history and geopolitics today that has more greatly affected the path that the modern world order has taken than what most people might think it has. Today, in this episode, we will be discussing the China-Taiwan geopolitical issue and various details around it. Today we'll be asking. Uh, uh, wait. Today we'll be getting some expert opinion from a friend I have from Taiwan. He's a lot more knowledgeable about the situation in China and Taiwan than me. So we'll be asking him a couple questions. So, hey Ben, how's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Uh, I just submitted my some of my college applications. It's terrifying yet great. Yeah. So we're going to be asking you a couple of questions on the uh, China-Taiwan situation. We are, we're hoping that you'll be able to answer. So the first question I have is, um, uh, how do you kind of in general assess the China-Taiwan situation? How do you think it might escalate or de-escalate? So we all know that there is a conflict and there is an ideological conflict between the two countries. And what's very important about this ideological conflict is the fact that the two parties disagree. They have a major disagreement causing this ideological conflict. Well, sometimes well, they have to work together in some areas and other times because of this ideological conflict, they just can't. So when it comes to well, escalation or de-escalation, it will eventually escalate or de-escalate. This means that, well, depending on what's at hand, right, what's <clears throat> the, the issue that is going on, because we all know there is a conflict and depends on how willing each administration, each government at the time, the economic status is to resolve this conflict in general. Um, well, the, well, that's that's really what it depends on for this entire issue or the conflict to escalate or de-escalate. So it's really going to depend on that. Okay, that's the, okay. That's a very good, um, interesting overview of the situation. So the second question I have is uh, a lot of news outlets and a lot of um, people have been discussing this, have been catching up on this. So can you kind of explain better what the situation with China and Taiwan's fruit trade is, how China is supposedly using the fruit trade between Taiwan um, to its advantage somehow? Can you kind of explain the situation a bit better? So we all, again, there is a conflict between the two countries and well, there's media coverage on the conflict. So media, this means that media is taking their time to provide details to the citizens about what is going on in these, well, to well countries or regions or whatever, depending on what your stance is. So yeah, there's media coverage. So there's there's many media sources that are looking into these conflicts. And this essentially leads to, I guess, the major fact that, well, there are well two parties with um, their economy significantly tied to each other. You have headquarters of companies that are establishing, you have you know, headquarters establishing factories in other regions and hiring people in that process. So what you do essentially know is that there is an economic tie between these two major, major parties. So 
for example, let's look at um one major example, like the food trade, right? There's many different well food trades that are occurring between the two well two regions. Well, for example, well yeah, um one key well yeah, one key food conflict is on pineapples. You all heard of pineapples, right? So Taiwan is very famous for their uh pineapples. And and Taiwan actually, because of their climate, they have a really big pineapple big, big pineapple market. So because well for well because all Taiwanese pineapples in general they have a high demand and they do have this because well Taiwanese pineapples are relatively more expensive than pineapples coming from other Southeast Asian nations such as the Philippines, the Vietnam or Cambodia. Um, well, um, essentially, there is this, they have this high quality pineapple um, public viewpoint that they were able to establish in China. However, because of the well, the ideological conflict that I've stressed and the media coverage on everything, um, the Chinese government uh, last year, um, last February, claimed that there were um, there were some yeah they were uh the pineapples will the, they questioned the sanity how like yeah they, they basically yeah they basically questioned i guess the general environment these pineapples are growing because they've been well the chinese communist party states that they were able to find some um insects that were were harmful for the human body inside the pineapple and then they um and then from march 2021 they blocked the import of taiwanese pineapples and Taiwanese pineapples, well, after that, because China was in charge of most of the pineapples that are being exported from Taiwan, um, this actually was meant, well, there would be a big harm for the Taiwanese um, pineapple market. This led to the Taiwanese government investing, inv investing um, 1 billion Taiwanese dollars on the pineapple farmers and the farms in general and this led to the taiwanese government effectively trying to export their pineapples to other well, other countries so because of um well because usually what it is is that it's the it used to be the other way around where taiwan used to import a lot of um a lot of food or resources from mainland china but well yeah, well, that's like the typical stereotype. Yeah, if you look at this case, well, China is actually um, also importing a lot of fruit juices from Taiwan as well. So, yeah, this is when the ideological conflict or the ideology which led to, I guess, this economic conflict will showing being portrayed in the food market. I see. That's a very thorough and interesting explanation of the entire situation. Um, I guess some of the last the last question I have, looking a bit more into the future and what um, uh, potentials there are, is that what tools do you think Taiwan uh, and its allies, such as the U.S. or South Korea, might uh, what what tools do they have to defend itself against China or to affect the situation? Besides nuclear weapons, I believe that there are many ways that well these um countries can be using to defend themselves the biggest one being 
well, but this, this is essentially what Foxconn is doing, for example, in the case of Taiwan, where they're moving the factories or the iPhone is assembling factories they have established in China out of China into other countries. So, for example, well, things like AirPods are now being assembled in Vietnam and China is also significantly increasing the size of like their Indian factory for the iPhone 14 line as well. So if we look at that, well, because China being the or uh, used to being the factory of the world or you know, quote-unquote factory of the world and all that, this means that the Chinese labor force still relies on a lot of foreign investments in order to run. So a lot of the you know, Western countries or well, the countries in East Asia with Western democratic values can be using this as a tool to defend themselves against this, well, yeah, in this conflict. Mm -hmm. I see. Thank you so much, Ben, for your time. And uh, thank you so much for input and, in, and interesting analysis of the entire situation. Um, this has been your host, uh, Peter Kim. Thank you very much for listening to today's, uh, to today's episode, China and Taiwan.